Episode 161 of the Green and Gold Rugby Podcast, proudly brought to you by the NRC. I've got that in nice and early this week. Too often I forget it. It's a nice, cosy little show this week. Uh, we have got Hugh Cavill with us. Hugh, how are you going, mate? Not too bad, Reg. Uh, hope everyone's well. And, and for those at home, those in the cars listening, me and Reg are actually doing this one live. We've just opened a nice bottle of red wine, lit a few candles... Uh, we've just got the lights a little bit dimmed, and uh, yeah, it's just the, just the two of us. It's, I think it's going to be really nice. And you're looking delightful tonight, Hugh. Well, yeah, thank you. I th- I'm, I'm showing a little bit too much chest. I no, did, no, did, I like, just, I like. Uh, oh, good. Good to hear. Now, it has been a pretty quiet week. Obviously, no Wallaby game last week, so not too much going on. Wallaby land, but I'm, I'm sure we can hopefully generate a bit of uh, discussion because it is a big week. We've got it's Bledisloe week. You know, rugby championships put to bed, but the Kiwis are in town. Um, the Wallabies have been named, and it's it's still a big week, isn't it? I mean, it's still an Australian-New Zealand Test match. You, you wrote a great article about it uh, a day or so ago. Yeah, and look, it's it's an Australian-New Zealand Test match where we've got plenty to play for. I mean, it's it's dare I say one of the most important Test matches of the last couple of years, and it's Adam Ashley Cooper's hundredth Test, which is we'll talk about later as a fantastic achievement. Uh, We've got a couple of newish faces in the team, and um, of course, Quade Cooper coming back. So there's plenty, plenty of uh, meat in this test, uh, and I look forward to discussing it. Yeah, and so I mean, it's hard to tell. We're a bit removed, but what do you reckon the Wallaby mentality will be for this game? Um, you know, you know, is this a chance to uh, unleash the shackles a bit and maybe release the pressure and play a bit loose, or is it just another focus? We know we've got to take the All Blacks on on tight and, and gain some sort of revenge for the Eden Park test. Look, I really hope they're up for it. And I think of all the weeks, they really should be this week. Because after what happened in Argentina, and, and, and uh, you know, there were excuses for that, and then South Africa before it, I think there's a bit of, bit of a uh, lack of confidence from the public in, in what this Wallaby team can do. And, and, you know, with all the issues of the week that, that you know, we're, we're not really trying to talk about tonight. But you, you think that they're... That should sort of hopefully bond the camp together and, and almost a bit of a siege mentality and 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 uh, they could come out and really take it t- to the All Blacks with you know it's 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 Fortress Suncorp as well it's you know that most of the players should be fit and rested after the after having a week off um, you know there's there's not many excuses out there for them so I think I'd like to see them really just you know enthusiasm is, is the one thing I'd really like to see. Yeah, exactly right. There can't be any excuses to this one. The guys are back. They're refreshed. They've probably had a couple of days to themselves, to their family, which will be important for them. And now they're back refocused. Um, Let's talk about that Wallaby team. There's a few changes that have been made. We've seen, I guess, the main changes there. Robbie Simmons is back in the team, uh, back from injury, and he takes over from fellow Red James Hall. Um, Christian Liliafano comes in and starts at 12 in place of Matt Tamua who's still struggling with that, uh, that head knock. And I, the other key one is, is Quade Cooper comes onto the bench uh, as a reserve inside back. What's, the the Liliafano one's an interesting, I guess, Tamua had to... Uh, it was the right decision to rule him out, and I guess um, I guess Liliafano's next man standing. Would there have been any other considerations for you? Well, I think the only 
I think there's only two blokes in the squad that can play 12 effectively, and that's Rob Horn and Carl Godwin. And I'm a, I'm a big Carl Godwin fan, but coming off the back of a long-term injury, uh, he's only had a couple of games in the NRC. I think throwing him into a Bledisloe is probably a little bit too much at this point. Uh, Rob Horn hasn't played 12 in, in ages. I think he played it, obviously came off the bench and played it against Argentina, but I don't think he's really cut out for... The, uh, a 12 in a blood is low again. So, look, I'm, I'm not particularly thrilled about Christian Leolofano. I don't think he's in the, the type of form he was in a few years ago or even mid-season last year in that first test against the Lions when he was mm. only played a couple of minutes. But the uh, I think he's as good a choice as we have at the moment. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'd like to like to see him. And, you know, it gives him a, it gives him a great chance, you know, with, with the... Uh, end of year tour coming up in the World Cup after that. I mean, I think a big performance here can go a long way to securing him a spot in the World Cup squad. But this team selected probably goes some way to to answering the question I asked previously about the Wallaby mindset. They're serious about this game. There's no risks in these selections. The fact that they've brought Simmons back in, the fact that they've picked Lili Afano over, you know, a potential exciting rookie in Godwin and something like that. This is a big match for the Wallabies. And you've said it before, you said it in your article... Perhaps the biggest they've played, the, the biggest they've played this year. This is one they've got to earn a lot of respect back from their fans. Um, you know, it's hard. It's it's. We try not to be too pessimistic on on the podcast and and be somewhat more realists. I mean, and that tour they just come back from in South Africa and Argentina, where they almost had that game in South Africa, and, and then obviously a disappointing loss in Argentina, which as much would have been the result of the disappointment in South Africa. Things could have been different for this match. But this is where we are, and these guys really, as much for their fans and as much for the fact that the World Cup is less than a year out now, need to make a statement this game. And and, and it looks like they're keen to do that by the fact that they've picked this team. That is their, the best team available at the moment. Yeah, it's it's the A team. And I think this is, like, again, just showing his hand for the World Cup, this is the team, really. I mean, OK, well, you can, you can argue that there's a few blokes in there that might be holding places that injured, currently injured players will come back and, and reclaim. But at the moment, this is this is our best side. And, and really, there's only... I mean, there was a bit of angst on on our front page when this when this team was announced, as there tends to be with every announcement these days. But, <laughs> yeah, OK, well, Sam Carter is probably teetering on the edge, but he had a really good game in South Africa. Um and, uh, you know, probably a little bit quiet against Argentina, but he certainly wasn't alone there. He's probably the one that's feeling a little bit of heat mm. with Horwell, especially, who put in a great uh, effort in Argentina, breathing down his neck. But, you know, again, this this gives him a chance uh, to uh, really step up in a big game. Uh, I think, yeah, as, as as you said, Reg, I think this is this is our A team. This is, this is who we got. Now, I'm obviously a massive fan of Quaid. I think he's a... A wonderful player and a, and a great bloke. I think that's a, a really uh, strong Ewan call there, bring Quaid onto the bench. He uh, had a great, very good NRC, his last outfit when the Brisbane City had a good win um, in their last run. He's had a couple of games for them, so he's still coming back from injury, and there could have been a call for picking Godwin, um, again, giving him a chance off the bench. But Quaid would have brought a, a certain confidence to this squad and, and probably a bit of a, a freshen up for the squad. He also has a very good relationship with Ewan, which I know Ewan would, would depend on to, to get that enthusiasm and, and, and confidence back in the squad. Well, and sure, it's there. Maybe it's, it's not missing, but Quaid would no doubt 
as opposed to a rookie nervous in his first week, Quaid would come with a certain level of assurity, albeit playing from the bench, but he's there and he's a he's a great team man and, and I've got no doubt the team, the squad, would get lifted by having Quaid in the squad, um, even just this week of training. So I'm excited to see what Quaid can do off the bench um, and, and, and really, really keen to see this Wallaby team uh, run out at Suncorp. I'm going along and I, 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 love, a, I love a full house at Suncorp Stadium. I haven't heard the ticket... Sales. I'm, I'm hoping it will be a full house. It is a Bledisloe Cup after all, and there's sure to be thousands and thousands, thousands of Kiwis there. But it is a great atmosphere, and I, it is the Wallabies, and it is the All Blacks. So it, it is something to get legitimately excited by. Yeah, and look, I've, I'm equally excited about Quade Cooper. I, I mean, people forget his form on the India Tour last year was sensational, probably the best of his career. Yeah. And he's come back in the NRC, and in that last game, okay, admittedly he was playing a, a lower table team, the Rays, but. He, you know, he was the he was the typical swan amongst ducks uh, in that game, and um, I, I can't wait to see him see him get back out there. And I hope, I, I really hope for his sake, it's a nice little ten or twenty minute cameo when we're already up by sixty or yeah. seventy, <laughs> and he can just uh, you know just run around and score a few tries. Have but, a bit uh, of fun. Yes. Now it is we haven't seen the All Black team named as yet, and haven't really seen too much in the press. I mean, the interesting copy. Uh, comment that I've picked up on was Shag Hansen. Uh, allegedly, now I've, I've heard this through social media, and I was trying to track down the actual comments, um, and apparently they were made on TV in New Zealand. That uh, Hansen has come out and said that this is this is this third test is just about the AU, ARU making money. It's just a money grab. Um, now Hansen's a smart guy. I'm sure he's playing some sort of mind games here, and and you know the interesting uh, analysis will be. When the Wallabies come out and make these sorts of comments pre-test, rarely recently have they been able to back it up. Let's see what the All Blacks can do now. Yeah, well, I, I mean, people sometimes have a crack at our players for firing off stupid comments at the mouth, but, geez, Steve Hansen takes the cake sometimes. Oh. I, mean, I mean, oh, well, yeah, we, it's, it's funny. It's one of those double standards we seem to have. It's when we do it, it's, well, we're, why are we firing our mouths off? This is stupid. We're giving them motivation. But when, when Hansen does it all, it's crafty mind games. It's, he's playing at something here, and he probably is. Um, but, oh, geez, I mean, Steve, Steve, Steve. I mean, of ARU money grab, the third test, well, what, did that mean the third test last year that was in, down, uh, was down in Dunedin, or I can't remember where it was, was that an NZIU money grab as well? I and, mean, and need we mention, as as Fitzy on Twitter mentioned, the Chicago test versus the oh, USA yes, exactly. later this year, all for the good of the game, I'm sure. All oh, boldly spreading the game, yes, into <laughs> Chicago. Um, but look, it'll be interesting to see the All Black mindset, and we'll get some sort of indication when their team selected. I, I I'm really intrigued which way they'll go with this. Yeah, there's it, never it could go either way, couldn't it? Yeah, but there's never a poor New Zealand team. That's the thing. They no. uh, we've seen that countless times when they're delving into their fifth string fly half, um, and he's still he's still running us down. So um, there's no doubt the Kiwis will put on a great team. It's just what their mindset is with this Test match, and I guess if we're looking at the tip for this game, and, and I've got no doubt we'll both tip the Wallabies because that's the type of people we are, but it is going to be a mental game. It is going to have to be from the Wallabies. They're going to have to be up and ready for this game, and the enthusiasm and, and aggressiveness that you talked about earlier is what's going to get us across the line. So we're going to need that to see that early on, and we're going to see it need to see it for the full 80, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. And the Kiwis' mental state will be really interesting to see. Coming off a loss in South Africa, their first for God knows how long. Yep. And 
you remember this corresponding fixture a couple of years ago when they were going for the record and they just came out flat and we played pretty poorly as well and it ended up I think a 16 all draw um, and we really should have won that game I seem to remember us having having the better of it mm. um, so they they have a history of in this fixture of not necessarily showing up and that last at last in the third test last year I, I seem to remember they did fairly well it was a pretty open loose sort of game uh, where the All Blacks won comfortably we still chalked up 30 odd points but uh, I don't know yeah it could go either way I mean there's a lot of people out there tipping the All Blacks by 40 and 50 I, I'm not I'm not sure I, I think this this game could be anything yeah I agree well let's let's hope it is and it is a, a match that we can the Wallabies can claw back a bit of the the, the national pride and, and give them a great boost before they head off to the UK and Europe uh, in just a couple of weeks' time. But this match is significant for another reason, and and it is, you mentioned it, it's it's Adam Ashley Cooper, Swoop's 100th test, and, and that's a massive occasion, isn't it? And, and, and good on Adam, and he is one of the more popular guys in the team, so... Uh, there's been a lot of activity amongst his peers this week in trying to make this a big thing. Uh, wonderful player for the Wallaby, great servant of, of uh, Australian rugby. Oh, incredible! And and you look at those names of the guys that he's joining on the hundred the hundred Test list. I mean, it's David Campisi, Stephen Larkham, George Smith, Nathan Sharp, and George Gregan. Yeah. And you've got to say, all five of those guys would be pushing very hard for an all-time Wallaby fifteen. Um, and some would be laid out in Mazares to have in there. Uh, so, I mean, that just shows you how the illustrious company he's in. And, I mean, what a what a career of just never put in a bad game, just such a, such a solid player. And, and look, yeah, honestly, if you look at those names, he's probably never set the world alight like Stephen Larkham or David Campisi, but... He he never had to in in this team in the last ten years. The role he's played has been that such a dependable sort of known commodity utility player, play a variety of positions, and in every position he was thrust into, he he did it with uh, with com- total class. And um, you know, and you'd say this season being the probably best of his career with what he's done with the Waratahs and and then carrying that form pretty well into the Wallabies. Yeah, absolutely. Now. Just a reminder here, this is 100 games for the Wallabies, so we're not talking about Waratahs <laughs> at all at this stage, OK? But look, a wonderful player, and you mentioned those names, and it has been an interesting career for Ashley Cooper, and he obviously infamously made his debut in, in remarkable circumstances. It was a test match over in Perth, which means it must have been against the box. Um, and I think it was Elton Flatley might have failed to complete the warm-up, and, and Ashley Cooper might have been... 23rd man or the extra man at that stage and was in the grandstand having a, a, a pie when he was all of a sudden got the call up to sit on the bench um, and would make his debut sort of later in that game but he, he a super talented uh, uh, utility back I guess primarily known as a fullback he, he would have been and, and then as, as Mortlock's career wound down he was sort of typecast as he would be our answer to Sterling Mortlock and run those angles but as it was and I guess it's a credit to the, his abilities that he was able to fill so many positions and he obviously played fullback he obviously played wing and he played outside centre he also played inside centre so he's been shoved around a lot for the Wallabies without ever you know with any no noticeable decrease 
in, in performance. You know, there's not many... He has a, a quiet game, but no poor games, no absolute shockers. And, and he's one of those guys that just hasn't let his country down. And, and I think that's why so many, so many people are, are so excited about this, this weekend. Yeah, and I mean, we'd, I know we're probably going to talk about his, his great moments. Yeah. And the thing about that is instantly I, could, I can think of so many great tries he scored. You know, the, the, just this one, one against the All Blacks where he, I think it was a test that we won where he was on, on the wing and sort of hemmed in on the sideline 10 metres out with four guys on him and managed to step and weave and duck and push and fend and, and get in in the corner when it seemed impossible that he'd do it. You know, it was it was those sort of moments, and and you know, as as we say, he's a prolific try scorer. I think he's he's um, only a few behind Campo on the all time list, and and um, yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah, great second. stats. So yeah, from from the All Blacks alone, for Wallabies versus the All Blacks, he's second on the all time Wallaby try scorers list versus New Zealand. So Campo's got eight, Ashley Cooper's got seven. So let's see what other, a, a great double this weekend, and and we'll put them. Uh, number one on that list, but overall he's tenth on the all-time Wallaby try scoring list. Um, but that's equal, and, and if he scores a couple more, he'll he'll jump up to third, equal third. So um, uh, remarkable performance. Uh, I've got the, that tr- try you mentioned. That's a great one. That was that test that um, uh, I think Mortlock made that great break, and Staniforth scored under the post ah, to yeah. win. But right. which is a great moment. But you're right, that try by Ashley Cooper, which I think, if I recall rightly, might have been his first in Wallaby colours, was a fantastic bit of sort of um, uh, determination and, and, and skill to get over the trial line. My favourite, and I hope to see it again this weekend, is that great try um, versus South Africa at Suncorp Stadium, which was from a nice set-piece move involving a great pass from, I think it was Barrick Barnes, players in motion, putting Cooper through the, the gap. Um, but it was more the follow-through, the fact that it, yeah, he put the players the ball down, gave the little leap, but then followed on and jumped into the crowd. It was just a great moment, and it, 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 it showed his passion, and the crowd loved it, and they went nuts. And I think we need something like that this weekend. We need that reconnection between the crowd Wouldn't and the Wouldn't you love Wallabies. to see it, the, the match-winning try, yeah. and then he goes to the crowd like old times? That would be sensational. My one actually wasn't that one. My favourite moment was last year in the, seconds li- in the second Lions test. Maybe because it's recent, but I think it just typified the, the great strength of his game, where, you know, in the big moment under pressure, he got the ball 10 metres out, and that fend, that delightful right-hand yeah. fend, he got working and just... Absolutely bumped off uh, the Lions defender. I can't remember who it was, and uh, the step in the fend, and, and and then dived over uh, to ultimately, you know, the match-winning try. So it, yeah. it's got to be one of the best fends in Australian rugby for a long time. I mean, you've got all these plays and the, the Larkham ghost, and, and yeah. you know the Papworth step, and but the Ash- more leg pumping. Yes, exactly. Um, but the Ashley Cooper fend is, is it should be patented. Um, and what about the test match? It was a test. It was a test match, wasn't it? Where the, the dual tackle, where he managed to tackle. Oh yeah, the double tackle. Yeah, that was a good one too. So yeah. just remarkable. So it's it's swoop one hundred is the uh, the hashtag uh, for the for the week and, and for the match. Obviously, um, I did some a, a quick uh, a search and looked at those other great players you mentioned and how they all fared in their hundredth test match, and everyone won 
their test on their hundredth test, except for Georgie Smith, they played he played the All Blacks, and it was a tight one. I think it was 22 to 18. So a great game. So let's hope that uh, uh, for Ashley Cooper's sake, the Wallabies can get up this weekend because uh, he deserves it as much as anything. And I think that's the type of thing that the Wallabies will sort of get behind and, and, and really create. They'll do it for the country and they'll do it for who they are, but they'll do it for Ashley Cooper in particular because I know he means that much to them all. Um, so swoop and and as yep. a, and um, leaving already announced his decision to go off yes, for next year. Yes, which, exactly. Which, so um, big news probably doesn't come as a surprise. No. Um, but um, certainly interesting that he chose to announce it now and then sort of get it all out in the open, um, which is yeah probably a positive in the in the way thing, these things work. But I'm happy that he's above board about it and, and we're not sort of speculating behind the scenes forever. Yeah, exactly. It also means he can do a, a farewell tour. You know, you can yeah, do that's true. Lap of the field every oval. We'll, we'll, it's like the Steve Wall. Steve we'll just Wall. really drag this out. <laughs> yes. Kids on the field after every game, sort of thing. But um, look, Coop, Ashley. I think that'll require him to, to have kids. Well, there is time. <laughs> though. I mean, what's the, the yes. World Cup's not for it? We got certainly more than At nine least months nine between months now and the World exactly Cup. Exactly yeah. right. Um, well, swoop, mate. Best of luck, and let's hope the boys can uh, bring it home for you this weekend. So uh, that's the Wallabies and the All Blacks Saturday night at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, should be an absolute ripper, hey? But um, can't, can't wait, can't wait. Very quickly after that, mate. I didn't realise how quickly it is. Is our first test of the uh, well, not sorry, first match of the European tour is when we take the Barbarians on. Uh, at Twickenham on, I think it must be that that first of November, which effectively be is, is the second of November our time, early in the morning. So, mate, two weeks away. Wow, Jeez, yeah. it creeps up on you, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. So that's that's an extended tour where we'll take on the Barbarians uh, first and foremost. Then I think we're taking on Wales. We're taking on then France, uh, then Ireland, and we'll finish up with the Test versus England. So it's a bloody hard tour. Um, and uh, one that will challenge us uh, significantly, given the year we've had, but also uh, is quite significant considering the World Cup in less than a year's time will be based in Wales, and uh, you know we're, we'll play, be playing a few games around there. So, Hugh, let me throw to you on this one. How do we approach this tour? Yeah, well, I think Ewan's already show, showed his hand on this. I think that extended squad that he's announced... Uh, for the for the test uh, is pretty much the end of your tour, Scott, with guys like Tatera Faulkner and Kyle Godwin and Luke Jones and and so on and so on. Against Wales, England, I think certainly they're two really big games. Considering they're our, our you know going to be our pool for the World Cup, we should certainly be going at that with all guns blazing and fielding the best teams that we can. Uh, outside of those games, I think we really do need to have a chance to blood some some younger players and some guys that. Uh, we may need to call upon in the World Cup as well. Um, certainly our front row depth needs to get a bit of a, a workout with guys like... I like to see Scotty C.O. given a good run because apparently he's coming back to fitness. To Terra Faulkner, I'd like to see you know if he's going to be in the squad. Mm. Let's certainly see how he goes. Um, Kyle Godwin's another one. Uh, Luke Jones is another one. You know, let's let's give these. You know, I've I've mentioned it before. Sean McMahon's another one I'd like to see, and let's give these folks a decent go. But I don't think we should be getting too crazy. I think now's the time that we've worked out our roughly what our top team is, and let's play around with that a little bit, but not throw the boat out. Yeah, interesting. Look, and I agree with you. And it is a massive team, um, and, got... and try and get a bit of winning momentum. 
Yep, yep, sorry to cut you off there, but you're right, and, and I've got no doubt that Ewan and the team will use this uh, almost as a test event for the World Cup next year. I'm sure they'll end up playing at similar, sort of staying at similar hotels and setting up some base camps where they will be based uh, during the 2015 Rugby World Cup. I still can't get over the, my belief that some of these players need a rest and a refresh, and in my mind are better served staying off here. So I'm talking the old stages. I think guys like Kevy Horwell, um, James Slipper, who's not old, but has just played a m- monster amount of minutes this year, um, and I'll throw Michael, my, throw Michael Hooper in that. I think Hooper needs to stay home. Now, Hooper's had a massive year from two perspectives. From a pure rugby perspective, and we know how physical he plays the game, how much rugby he's played for the Waratahs and how much wallab- uh, rugby he's played for the Wallabies is huge. I'll add to that the fact that he had to take over the Waratah captaincy to, towards the tail end of the season and obviously took over the Wallaby captaincy a minute into the season. Two massive additions to his workload and expectations, maybe less so for the Waratahs. Dennis was still around and I've got no doubt he would have um, supported the, the workload significantly, but still, from an on-field expectations, mentally and so on, uh, that responsibility over the Waratahs was significant for a guy who's still only 22 years old. From a Wallaby, Wallaby perspective, it is a whole new level. He would have had to go through so much this year off the field, and, and forget everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks and what sort of strain that's put on him. But everything just from a just a typical day-to-day captain's responsibilities in terms of player meetings, sponsor meetings, working with your coach, all those sorts of issues. I think the best thing for Hooper would be to stay home and refresh, hit those manly beaches, hit the boardwalk on his skateboard, and, and just refresh for next year. Now that'll be great for the Waratahs. Could be nice and nice and healthy and fit. It's also an opportunity because we have able replacement. And you can talk about Liam Gill and these guys, but I think the guy that I would pick to step in would be someone like Matty Hodgson. Now, Hodgson, we've all talked about all season as the form as the form seven for Australia in rugby. I would be taking that a step further, and I would make Hodgson captain for this tour. Now, this is controversial, but I just think he has got the respect of these players. Something this team needs at the moment is to regain that respect within the player group. And I just think Hodgson's hard nose, you know, straight down the line, genuine attitude would be ideal for this Wallaby team overseas, over the seas at the moment. We're not going to lose much as a player. They're different types of players. Uh, Hodgson's harder on the ball, obviously, more aggressive in the tackle. Uh, Hooper's got that fantastic running game. I just And, and I think Hodgson's play would really suit the, the, the UK tour. His leadership skills is what wins it over for me. I just think that he'd be such a crucial player. Hooper's not going to be kept in the Rugby World Cup. We know that. And you know, whether it be Moore, whether it be Pocock, whether it be someone, it is highly unlikely, in my mind, that Hooper's going to be there. So it's less critical keeping him the tour. Hodgson could add so much to this team and help finish this season on a high, which would be all important as we start the 2015 system season. Yeah, look, I, I could certainly see that point. And, um, look, I think if you did it with one or two, say if you said Hooper and uh, I don't want to say Slipper because yeah, he's just you, you so good. The, you need the replacements too, don't you? Yeah, you know, I don't think we've got enough prop depth at the moment to be sitting out Slipper for a Northern Hemisphere tour. Um, Hall will certainly, you know, guys like... Yeah, Hall, we've no, he, he's a known commodity yeah, yeah. where... 
Um, you know, Cliffy Palu. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's another one. We've had the classic Cl- Cliffy Palu, mm. where he's disappeared for an injury that seems like it's two weeks, and we haven't seen him for three months, yeah. or however long it's been. Um, but I, I disagree. I think ultimately that I, I worry that that would backfire, and we lose to Ireland, or we lose to Wales, and we we lose to England. And say we we win two out of the four. Um, but we also lose a couple of big games, and going into next year, that's the, just the kick that the this team that's already a little bit fragile on confidence, you know, that that the the kick that they don't need, and and I think going through undefeated, if we can aim for that, if if through some pure chance, you know, small chance we can do it. It, that would be a massive mental boost for the for the World Cup next year. Uh, if we can go into those stadiums that we we play that and we've already won, we've already beaten Wales at Millennium, we've already beaten England at Twickenham, and and I worry that if if we bench a couple of key guys, I can understand the benefits of that, but also it can it can you know kill us on the field. And if we lose a couple of those games, give the Poms a bit of a mental edge over us. But, but well, would it be more of a mental edge if we were playing our full-strength team and they beat us? Which is quite a little Yeah, little and, that's, and that's true. That's that's true as well. Um, I, I, I think it's it's one of those things where it's, it's a bit like the captain argument. I, I wonder how much Michael Hooper does tile. I mean, obviously he's had a massive workload this, this mm. season, but I mean, he could just be one of those guys that that, that manages to recover better than others, and, and the others, it, yeah, yeah um, that just plays and plays like the Energizer Bunny. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can, I do see a point, but I, I'd much prefer to probably give these guys a bit of a break during the the opening stage of the opening throws of Super Rugby. Um, again, that's going to be nearly impossible with with the demands of the coaches in each of the provinces. But you know, I think that's probably the better time to to sit them out. Um, just because I think this tour is really quite important. It is. Well, let's see what's happening. I, I, I haven't seen when the squad gets announced. I assume they'll get over this test match. They'll, I'd, I'd suggest Lynx probably has a squad ready to go already. So as you who, who, are the, who are the rookies you'd like to see put in? Well, um, they're actually the names you mentioned. I, I'd take McMahon, Faulkner. Um, I would sweep clean the locks. I wouldn't take Horwell or Simmons. Um, happy to keep Carter there, but I, I'd make sure Skelton's there. But I'd be taking Luke Jones, who's who's in this extended squad, um, and, and getting him some game time. McMahon, Godwin, mate, I'd t- I'd take Sturzaker as a backup scrum half. I think he's a fantastic player. Godwin, um, and uh, that probably pretty much covers it. I had I had my team selected and, and named somewhere. I just don't have that piece of paper with Karevi, me. Would you say Karevi? Nah, Karevi's one, I think, is still a little raw, and this might be the biased red in me and wanting him to send an off-season here. I think he's a, a, a fantastic player, but I don't think... Um, I, I think he needs still a bit of uh, polishing around the edges, so to speak. Um, and I just think Godwin's got a game that would work well over there, and Kurandrani's obviously very strong uh, still as well. So... Uh, I'd be happy with that sort of centre combination going uh, going over there. But yeah, the, the players you mentioned, uh, I'm keen on. I, I just want them still there. And it gives me heart to hear that Scott Sio might be back because I think he's a he's a fantastic player and one we should be um, giving every opportunity to as well. But uh, I, I just think it's a chance. And it's interesting with this Barbarians game being at the, the start of the tour. Traditionally, it's at the end of the tour and that's when you see some of those guys getting a run. But... Uh, I wonder how Ewan will play that game, whether he does give some of his 
unheralded play as a bit of a run or does use it as a warm-up before the, the first test the next week. Yep, I, I agree. It'd be really interesting to see how Ewan plays it. Yep. All right, well, that's that's the end of year two. We'll probably have a squad next week, I'd suggest, pretty quickly after the Bledisloe once they ascertain any injuries and so on. Um, and uh, that name squad will be named and they'll fly out soon after that. Um, let's talk NRC. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on the show, but we'll, we'll touch base quickly on last week. It's only uh, one more week to go until the final starts. So round eight last week saw uh, some, some really high-scoring games, and I don't know if it's fatigue setting into the season. It's been a long season for a lot of these guys, acknowledging um, you know a lot of them are very much amateurs and they've played their club season, they're working and they're fitting in this and it's we're round eight now on top of the club season but you know we had the, the Brisbane City smash the North Harbour race 77 to 26 the country Eagles New South Wales country Eagles getting over the Vikings 42 to 37 so another high scorer Melbourne rising uh, down the Rams 58 to 40 and the, the Rams were in front for a lot of that game uh, the rising just finished off strongly uh, very strongly and that's that probably professional setup and then Queensland country notched their second win of the season up in Townsville um, over the Sydney Stars, the beleaguered Sydney Stars, 53-29. to 29. So lots of points being scored in that one, I think. There's lots of comments going around social media. So, oh, we'd like to see a little bit more defence, but I, I honestly think it's a bit of that fatigue nature on these, uh, I guess, a lot of these amateur players. Don't you think, you? Yeah, I agree. And, and some of the... I mean, in Sydney was certainly a very warm weekend right, um, yep. and some pretty, pretty tough conditions. Um, I, I, I think, yeah, look, I, I certainly watched a bit of that uh, Rising Rams game on the, um, on the Bar TV, the blokes at Bar TV who are doing a stellar job um, with those games, and also the Thursday night, which was the Rays, and um, and that was put to bed pretty early by... Geez, that, you know, Brisbane City was a pretty impressive performance by them, and, and it looks like they're not going to have the services of Quade Cooper mm. um, anymore, which is a real shame for them. But they've got a really class team, and, and some of those guys, like that back rower, um, Michael Gunn, I think his yeah, name is, yeah, he played really well. Dave McDooling, who um, I've was in my year at school, um, but uh, at Riverview, not um, at sure where I was, but um, he, he's been a, a, was a great junior player and, and has just been set back with injury after injury up at the Reds, but uh, now seems to be finally getting some time on the field, and I, I, I think he's a real player to watch as well. He, I thought he did really well in that game. Yeah, no, I agree, Dave's, and he's one of those natural leaders too, who may, which I, always helps in a team. They don't have to be captain, but they're, they're natural leaders and they stand up and, and, and set the example. And I, I think Dave's a fantastic player. I, um, I got to see uh, a good dose of the Queensland Country game, obviously, on Reds TV. The guys were live streaming it, and Betty Daly and Bo Robinson were commentating. Did a great effort there. And, and I'm so stoked for Country to obviously get the win, but gee, there's some good performances there. Um, JJ Tuolagi, again, looked really good, and this has been a fantastic competition for him. We've spoken about that previously. Um, the young outside centre, Campbell Magna, who's only 17, uh, plays for the Jeeps Club in Brisbane, and he's been talked about. He's a massive lad. He's a big, tall runger um, and uh, looks very athletic. But this game was the first game I've seen him really use his physical prowess. He he tackled. Oh, he made some big tackles, running out of the line, almost like Kurandrani does for the Wallabies, but really timed his defence well and some strong runs and set up a great try. I think it was just for Sammy Grasso, the, the little scrum half. Um, so it was great to see Magne play well and... Um, 
uh, and starting to show that potential. So he'll get all sorts of confidence from that. And the other one was their open side flanker, Jack uh, de Guindin, who I think comes from uh, University of Sydney um, uh, down uh, down there, but has moved up here this year to study up here. And he bagged three tries a couple of weeks ago for Queensland Country, but he had another strong game and, and looked a fantastic player on the weekend. So, uh, you know, some really good rugby still, and, and it's good to see, those, again, those that other level of players coming through. So, look, the rising are on top. As we say, we enter this last week of competition with the rising very much on top uh, on 35 points and the minor premierships there and hosting the home, their first final. Uh, but it gets a little bit convoluted here. So we've got New South Wales country on, on second place on 23 points with Brisbane City on 21 just behind them and Perth Spirit and Greater Sydney Rams on 16 a point. Now the Rams have finished for the season, they're done, so they can't advance any further. Um, and uh, I think for and against wise, there's Perth Spirit above them. So there is, I don't know, I think Brett McKay was saying on Twitter today, there's even a chance that Queensland country can still make the finals, but it would suggest they need to beat the Melbourne Rising this weekend and get a bonus point. So that might, yeah. be, a, that might be a challenge I, I, for us. I think, and well done to the Rams for their season. I thought they did yep. well, especially against the Rising, we really pushed them. Uh, that game was in the balance until the last 20. Uh, that said, I, I just, I've, I've had a bit of time to think about the NRC, and I, I do wonder, as much as they're a sensational team, that the, the form of the Rising and how much they're building everyone... It's 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 not ideal for the competition. No. Um, it's you know it's great to see these guys coming through, but you, you feel I almost feel like the comps just just starting to run out of steam a little bit just because it's pretty obvious that Melbourne are shitting all over everyone to to use a crude term and and you know even that game they were pushed they still came away and scored fifty points. Mm. Um, so whether the, I mean I know there's a cap on super players and things and I think. The competition will obviously ebb and flow in terms of, you know, these Melbourne guys are hopefully going to progress and yeah. maybe reach higher honours and guys are going to come back from the Queensland Queensland or Perth or yeah. ACT or, you know, or wherever. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's this season. That, yeah, I, I do hope someone really gives it to Melbourne and, and we, we see a real close game at some point. It's a really good point. And, and, look, well done, Melbourne. We don't want to begrudge our Melbourne fans out there for success. They've struggled through the Rebels for a few years and they'll enjoy this minor premiership and, and, and we'll see how they go in the finals. But, mate, if you, you cover them off the table and, you know, your top four is the Eagles on 23, the City on 21, Perth Spirit and Greater Rams on 16 each and that's your top four. What an exciting finals in that, you know, you wouldn't be able to pick any clear winner by any means and, and uh, it'll be a legitimate challenge. So, um, look, great competition. Let's see how we go. Uh, I still think the Brisbane City can, can pull out uh, a premiership not having quite anymore will be their challenge and, and like we say I think with the finals being um, that week when the Wallabies are away uh, so that'll play a big factor so I, you know, maybe um, you're right, Sean McMahon, Luke Jones Nick Sturzaka, Jack DeBresny, we should be picking all these guys in the Wallabies team so we can uh, uh, knock the yeah. wind out of the sails of the Noble rising team yeah, exactly um, so last week, so who do you? So Rising's obviously got it sewn up. Uh, how are you seeing the rest of it? Country in Brisbane, you can Country will finish on top of Brisbane. Look, I don't know. Both of those teams, uh, uh, I've seen a little bit of both of those teams, and they both seem to be um, pretty even. Um, and on their day, could probably could probably take it to, to Melbourne. Uh, Brisbane are probably seemingly hitting hitting a bit better form. Um, country uh, last week. 
I'm just trying to think. Had the buy, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, uh, and, and country, New South Wales country, no, they beat the Vikings, forty-two thirty-seven. They beat ACT. That's yeah. right, they did, and they beat the Stars by a little bit before that. So they're not really, yeah, they're beating their opposition and they're looking okay doing it, but they're not. I mean, that, that Brisbane performance was very impressive, really mm. blowing this race completely out of the water. So, so Brisbane City obviously taking on the Vikings this week, which will be the, the curtain raiser to the test match at Suncorp Stadium. So Fox Sports will be broadcasting that as well, so get on your uh, pay TV and watch that. That should be a great game. And, and New South Wales Country take on Perth Spirit, which will really decide the final makeup of that top four with Perth Spirit currently sitting in fourth and unlikely to supersede Brisbane City unless they go bonus point win. So there's connotations all over the place like it is at any time of the seasons, but we know the Rising have, uh, have got number one. It's just uh, three to four that has yet to be finalised. So uh, fantastic competition and it, it keeps delivering. And it'll be great to see how these finals pan out. As much of the crowd support, you know, it'll be, you know, once it gets focused down, will uh, you know, if Brisbane hosts a final and Melbourne hosts a final, will the locals get behind it and we get big crowds out there? I certainly hope they do. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see Melbourne, especially. I mean, this is this is you know, Stu was Stu was um, enraptured about it as he should have been about this. But I really hope that those Melbourne faithful get get down there and really give it give it everything they've got. Yeah, definitely. Look, and before we go, a couple of uh, quick news items. Uh, Gold Coast Sevens. Did you watch any of it, mate? I did watch a little bit. Um, geez, we were a little bit disappointing. I, I mm. got to say, the the, the Aussies. Um, it's it's such a knife edge game sevens where uh, you know a few little things can go a long way. But um, geez, again, I'm impressed by Cameron Clark as a player, and I reckon if anyone's got the ability to do a Bernard Foley maybe and convert to fifteens, um, it's it's him. I think he's got a bucket load of talent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it finished with uh, Fiji beating Samoa. In the final, 31-24, and that was a pretty damn good uh, final as well, with uh, Fiji leading early and then um, uh, Samoa coming up pretty strongly uh, in the end. But um, uh, look, I guess the other talking point is the crowd. Uh, let again, yet again, uh, was pretty poor, and I'd suggest that'll be the last time we see it on the Gold Coast. The question now is, um, I think we're due to hear from the IRB whether it'll be in Australia um, again, and, and I would hope it will be, but the, the next question comes whether it'll be remain in Queensland, and if it does, it'll be at Suncorp Stadium, or whether it ends up down at, um, at uh, in Sydney, which I think is the next next most likely option at um, at uh, the SFS there. So uh, we should hear more about that, I think, from the IOB perspective, at least in the coming weeks. Yeah, like I mean. A part of me likes to see it maybe taken to Ballymore or a slightly smaller stadium. The SFS would be good for that too. Um, look, I don't think you're going to pack it out in Brisbane or Sydney uh, unless you really advertised it. Um, and that was one of the problems with Gold Coast. It just seemingly didn't receive that much promotion. i got a feeling um, it was given up on, to be honest, this year. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Look, I don't think this is going to turn into a magic, you know, sort of Hong Kong-style event. Um and funnily enough, if you watch a lot of the World Sevens tour, there's not other than outside of Hong Kong, there's not many places where they really do pack it out. Um, you, the New Zealand ones did Wellington, and, and generally that's at the cake tin, and that's you know often can be depressingly empty. Um, so I, I don't think we can expect a massive crowd, but certainly yeah, the Gold Coast was um, disappointing. I also want to mention the Australian women's team had a uh, exhibition. Oh, exhibition. They had a three-match series against Canada, which they won 2-1, but the highlight of which was this 
a fantastic length of the field try by Ilya Green. I think it was in the third game. Have you seen that try? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, what an athlete she was. Just outpaced a couple of jinks to get on the outside um, and uh, scored the try in the corner. It was a fantastic piece of play um, from that uh, Aussie Sevens women's team uh, who are doing very well at the moment. Um, other quick bit of news, a uh, couple of player signings, Adam Thompson with the Reds, uh, which I'm uh, simply thrilled about. Now, Adam Thompson has been selected to play for the Barbarians against the Wallabies in a couple of weeks' time, so we'll get a good preview of them then, but I, I reckon that's a bloody good signing, despite uh, there being a lot of back row depth from the Reds. He's the type of player that I think will uh, provide some good impetus, some good experience, and uh, is a pretty damn good signing. What do you reckon? Brilliant, brilliant signing. And yeah. the Reds are just quietly uh, assembling a very, very impressive roster. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to see him in action. Short a couple of props, but that'll come, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I agree. They're doing very yeah, well. Yeah, well, and um, on that point, just seeing Albert Anne, um mm. named for Manu Samoa. So that probably puts a bit of a dampener on his chances of coming back uh, to Australian rugby. Absolutely. But, but good for him. Hopefully he goes Oh, well. fantastic for him, yeah. Um, and then finally, also looking overseas, Matt Giddo was announced this week as, I think, the, the French Player of the Year for 2013-2014. We've, we've been hearing about him constantly for some time now, but obviously uh, due recognition for a, for a great season for the former Wallaby. Well done. Well done to him. Good yep. on him. Good to see him find somewhere where he can flourish. Exactly. Good on your gits. Um, and that brings us to a close of episode 161. Hugh, thanks for your time, mate. We can uh, jump in the, the, the hot tub now. Oh, fantastic. I mean, so good to get away from the sort of dead weight, you know, losers we normally have on this show and <laughs> exactly. uh, just cut it down to the Brains Trust. And, exactly, um, mate. Yeah, exactly. So, fantastic. We've done well. Well, thanks for your time, everyone. Thanks for your, uh, your ears, letting us your ears in, in great Roman style. But uh, Wallabies, All Blacks this weekend. Remember, guys, it's still a Bledisloe Cup match. There's nothing like the old enemy, and this could be our big chance. So get behind it, get to the rugby, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Come on, the Wallabies. Right there, right there, right there.